We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. Looks like we lost Alex there for a second, right as we're about to start recording here. So uh, hopefully we uh, get him back soon. Uh, obviously, my name is Steven. I'm the host. We'll uh, you know talk about a lot of news today for the Chargers, obviously being able to uh, hire Kellen Moore today as their offensive coordinator and excited to uh, dive into all of that with uh, my guys, Tyler, and then Alex, whenever he uh, gets <laughs> back on the show. Uh, Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight? Doing very well. I assume that Alex left because he couldn't do anything that was related to praising the Cowboys whatsoever. <laughs> so he just had to leave and get out of here. Yeah, he just planned to be here and then realized that he had to talk positively about the Cowboys and and, and dipped out. So uh, hopefully we'll uh, get him back here in a second. But uh, like I said, obviously here to talk about the Chargers' decision to hire Kellen Moore. We'll talk about all of that, potentially what it means for the rest of the coaching staff, as well as some potential um, off-season moves. No, the Chargers are not going to be in on Tony Pollard and Dalton Schultz, but uh, we'll talk about some of uh, some potential uh, connections there in a minute here. Before we get started, obviously appreciate everybody who's tuning in live today. Uh, please make sure and uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you're watching the replay. Make sure and comment comment on here and let us know what you think. And then, obviously, if you are listening to the audio version, we appreciate all of you guys. On that side of things as well, we appreciate all the five-star reviews and, and uh, all the positive feedback in that regard. That being said, Tyler, let's dive in here. Uh, things really escalated pretty quickly for this uh, <laughs> Kellen Moore news. Um, obviously, you know, things kind of 
um, progressed through the kind of lack of interviews the last week. And then obviously Frank Wright gets hired. Obviously Nathaniel Hackett gets hired as, as offensive coordinator, thankfully for the Chargers. Um, and, uh, you know, it comes out Sunday evening that the Chargers are, or that, excuse me, the Cowboys are mutually parting ways with Kellen Moore. And then less than 12 hours later, he's the Chargers offensive coordinator. So really came fast. I uh, want to clear this up. He has, he was not fired from the Cowboys. The Cowboys uh, did receive the interview request from the Chargers before uh, they decided to mutually part ways. So a lot of people mm. have been kind of saying like, oh, why would the Chargers be excited when he got fired from the Cowboys? He didn't get fired. It was a mutually you know partying of ways. And uh, frankly, once he picked, once he probably heard that uh, Justin Herbert could be his quarterback, I'm sure he uh, you know decided to uh, head towards Los Angeles. So. Tyler, your uh, initial reaction here as we move on from Joe Lombardi into the Kellen Moore era. I've barely had time to process this because he <laughs> was not even available 24 hours ago, right. yet here we are. As soon as they had the mutual parting ways, and then as soon as you got the, well, the Chargers are like an hour later are you know going to, of course, as the media reported it, they're going to interview him. It's like, okay, it feels like this was a bit inspired. And now he's the coordinator. I... I have nothing to say about the the film itself. I literally got the notification this morning. I was at work. I came home. Here I am. But just looking at the numbers last night and today, this is really just like their Ryan Ficken, but younger, you know, for the special teams, but not for offense. He's he's ready to go. When you look at the Chargers history of, of guys in their building, of offensive coordinators, I mean, in 2014, they had Frank Reich, Shane Steichen, and Nick Sirianni all in the building. And, you know, where are, we, where are we today? You know, firing Joe Lombardi and then hiring Kellen Moore. The Chargers just don't have this history of developing, you could even say coach, like head coaches, but also their coordinators. All these guys did their best work elsewhere. So with someone like Kellen Moore, you don't really have to wait. There's an adjustment period, sure. This is different. They're with Herbert. They're with a different offensive personnel. All that. Sure, there's an adjustment period. But you looked at some of the, the names that were brought up, even like a Zach Robinson who was a passing game coordinator, it's just not quite the same. And the Chargers don't have to really worry as much about the development. They just need to make sure he has everything he needs. And so far, at the very minimum, he has the quarterback that he mm -hmm. never had um, in, in Dallas. Not that Dak was bad, but um, just in that side alone, this is great. Because I was really worried about where they were going with this hire. because we didn't, we didn't hear anything. It was just like, we got one guy, we're honing in on that guy, and, and that's really it. And so for them to end up with Kellen Moore is fantastic. People are, or I should say Cowboys fans are, you know, saying, you know, don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. <laughs> but I can't really figure out what the issue is. If you're complaining as a Dallas Cowboys fan because he wasn't like Andy Reid and a top three play caller in the league or something. Okay, I guess. But coming from where we are at as Chargers fans who just watched Joe Lombardi, this is huge. I mean, over the last four years, you've seen all the stats, so I hate repeating it for some people who have already seen this, but over the last four years combined, the Cowboys have been eighth in EPA per play, ninth in dropback, and ninth um, as a rushing EPA per play. And that's with two separate years of Dak Prescott having you know significant injuries. So if you're a Chargers fan looking for a stabilizing force, which the Chargers didn't have, you know, the, the one injury, right, craters the entire team. Cowboys, it seems... You know, I'm sure the games without Dak Prescott were worse, but that's your quarterback. It seems like you know, if you can be a top 10 unit over the span of four years, despite losing your quarterback um, for many, many games, I think that's fantastic. Um, this past year, 
Dak was seventh in A dot and he was 12th in big time throw rate, which doesn't necessarily make you a good quarterback, but that lends to a certain style of offense that Chargers fans have been asking for. They were seventh in points per game this past year, first in red zone touchdown percentage, fifth in third course, third quarter scoring. Again, things that we as Chargers fans want to see with Justin Herbert in this offense that we didn't get. You know, the scheme, you know, Arjun gave me a graph that shows variance. You know, the scheme is more varied than the Chargers offense was last year, although that's not saying a ton. But still, we wanted to go that direction. They developed running backs, yes. They developed tight ends, yes. Jake Ferguson, the rookie this past year, was, I think, 10th in yards per route run among tight ends. And, of course, fourth-round pick. Previous before that, Dalton Schultz, fourth-round pick. He's one of the best you know, tight ends. He's going to be making a ton of money on the open market. Um, did they develop linemen? Yes. Did they develop receivers? Yes. You know, and guess what? When you develop guys like that, you probably have had good position coaches along the way. And they've got a lot of guys in Dallas at different points who have been with the team or as a position coach for that specific group for years. I think their running backs coach is like on like 23 years or something. So whether it's an offensive line coach um, or assistant coach, tight ends coach, running backs coach, receivers coach, whatever, like Kellen Moore can also bring the guy that will probably take his place in I mean, potentially a year, maybe two years. Yeah. I mean, heck, they even, the Cowboys themselves, you know, the players at least, have a relationship with like Duke Manyweather, who's in Texas as is. They're just, it just Everything fits. I can't find a red flag. I can't find something to dislike about this. The numbers are good. It's exactly where the Chargers want to be. They're a balanced team. It's been a good offense for the Cowboys. Is it top three in the league? No. Will it be top three with Herbert? Maybe. I think it could be. But the Chargers are just getting really exactly what they seem to want, what we've wanted as fans. I think this is a home run hire. I, I don't really see a downside to this. But again, I have not watched the tape yet. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> you said about the red flags. Like the only thing that the only negative PR right here is coming from Cowboys fans. Like Cowboys fans, for whatever reason, wanted a scapegoat and they felt like Kellen Moore was the right guy. And if all you think of Kellen Moore is the ending of that San Francisco game, like, sure, probably you feel like, hey, like, you know, that trick play was a bunch of bullshit. Like, that didn't really work out. There wasn't a real plan here. Uh, you know, I can understand that. Like, I don't necessarily think that, you know, them being in a no-win situation and trying to come out with a, you know, a very unique uh, trick play to try and get the ball down the field and, and have a last-second last Hail Mary kind of play. I don't think that is going to negatively impact my opinion of Kellen Moore as a play caller. Um, if you want to talk about a pure results perspective, like you mentioned, you know, over the last four years, they were consistently, you know, in the top 10 in, in terms of efficiency stats, in terms of EPA, in terms of DVOA. But they're, the way that they scored the ball was really unique, in my opinion. And I remember being so impressed with watching the film. Looks like we got Alex back. Welcome back, Alex. Um, but I remember being so impressed with the way that they went about things on offense after, you know, watching their film against the Chargers last year. And they are just able to be so much more multiple than anything that we are accustomed to seeing under Joe Lombardi. Like that adaptability was the number one or, or number two thing that all three of us wanted to see with a new Chargers offensive coordinator. And you look at the way the Cowboys have been able to use, you know, 13 personnel, empty personnel, quarterback run game, outside zone, inside zone, duo. I mean, they were a top five offense this year 
And it's not like they had super consistent, cohesive offensive line. I mean, Tyron Smith's in and out of the lineup. Jason Peters is starting at left tackle. Tyler Smith starting at right tackle. He's starting at left guard. Tyler Biotic gets injured, you know, later on in the season. They have to go through a different center. They don't really have a wide receiver, too. I mean, Michael Gallup gets paid like one, but he's not really producing like one. And yet the Cowboys offense is still producing like they've produced in a run heavy offense. He's producing a pass heavy offense. You know, Dak Prescott throwing for, you know, 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns or whatever it was last season. They've scored eight. They've scored more than 40 points eight times over the last two seasons. It's only happened three times for the Chargers and all three were last year in 2021. And so like Cowboys fans are, are scapegoating the shit out of Kellen Moore, but I can't find a single negative statistic out there from when Dak Prescott was healthy. I mean, even this season with Cooper Rush, like Cooper Rush was a practice squad player who the Cowboys had cut themselves. And, you know, they have to turn to him It's from week two to week six. And the Cowboys went four and one. Like they, they weren't like putting up a ton of points by any means. But I mean, Cooper Rush looked way more serviceable than any Chargers backup we have seen in, in frankly, probably my entire life since maybe, maybe Billy Volek. But like, you know, it, like if whatever happens happens like if Easton Stick had to come in and start a game like there's no way the Chargers would win that kind of game and Kellen Moore was able to do enough on offense to maximize Cooper Rush and be a viable backup and he that hat was not something he had been previously so um you know a lot of people who are very happy about Kellen Moore in Dallas I think should be very careful of what they're about to experience because Mike McCarthy is reportedly going to call plays for them and that is not going to be pretty. So from the Chargers perspective, I think this is about as good as you could possibly get. Um, you know, it, it seemed like they were kind of operating and just waiting to see maybe, uh, you know, maybe we can get Frank Reich. Maybe we get a bigger fish. If not, hey, we really like Zach Robinson. and We'll pivot to that area. But, you know, this happening, I think, was absolutely the best case scenario for the Chargers and getting, you know, Kellen Moore to uh, guide the next stage of the offense. Alex, welcome back, man. Uh, initial reaction and thoughts to uh, Kellen Moore being the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, can you guys hear me okay? Okay. Just wanted to make sure you guys can hear me okay. But, uh, no, I, I thought Kellen Moore was absolutely a great hire. Uh, I didn't think it was the direction that was possible three days ago because uh, it seemed like Kellen Moore was going to remain the offensive coordinator, although the Cowboys were just kind of non-committal on what they were going to do. And then Kellen Moore ends up losing this kind of power struggle, it seems like, to Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy now will be kind of the play caller. Um, I don't know if it was a mutual parting of the ways or he was fired. The answer probably is somewhere in the middle. Um, but it, you know, I, I think Zach Robinson would have been a fine candidate if the chargers wanted to, uh, go down that road. However, uh, at the same time, it just didn't make sense. Uh, you needed a non first time OC. Uh, and so for the chargers who just needed a more experienced candidate, uh, this is why we talked about Frank Reich and why Frank Reich was number one on all of our lists. Uh, it wasn't because like, you know, we viewed him as the, like this generational coordinator, but it was, hey, he maximizes your quarterback. That's what the Chargers need to do. And he has a lot of experience calling plays. And that's as simple as it was uh, for the Chargers here in terms of going for mm -hmm. Kellen Moore after everything had happened. Uh, so for me, um, 
Zach Robinson probably would have been a fine hire, but Chargers just needed a more experienced guy. Uh, and I think Kellen Moore is definitely the person who can unlock this offense. And if Brandon Steely wants to tie his name, you know, in this year to one person that can save it, you know, uh, Kellen Moore right now is his best mm-hmm. chance. Alex, I, I do want to ask because you're the only one who willingly watches <laughs> NFC East football. Um, not that you watch the Cowboys, but twice a year at least you do. Why would Cowboys fans be excited about this? Like, what are some reservations we should have about Kellen Moore? Not that I expect you to know the scheme or anything, because I certainly haven't watched the film myself. But like, what have some of the problems been with this offense? And why would Cowboys fans be like, yeah, this is a good move? I mean, I think anytime the Cowboys offense wasn't struggling, but obviously the Cowboys in the playoffs haven't gotten to where they wanted to get to. Uh, and you know you kind of look at their offense and in that 49ers game right now not every team can have a great offensive performance against the 49ers of course <laughs> uh, that is something that is just very hard for some NFC East teams to do but uh, I do think that when you talk about the Cowboys right they've kind of tied themselves to Zeke Elliott right uh, obviously that's something that's been there for a while they couldn't really give Tony Pollard the full RB1 because of the money they paid to Zeke uh, and then you kind of are looking at their offense and as soon as uh, Tony Pollard goes down in that Niners game, right? It, it was sort of like, I think Cowboys trans, Cowboys fans interpreted that as Kellen Moore didn't have anything else to go to, but it's also like, what was he supposed to go to? <laughs> like they, they tried CD lamb, like screens a bunch. They tried getting him open in that sense. Um, but like, they just didn't really have anything else on offense and letting Amari Cooper walk was a huge loss for them, um, at, at the end of that game. Uh, and they just couldn't get the offense moving. So I think people interpret it as change is a good thing. Uh, just in general, whenever you fire an offensive coordinator. But again, like we just talked about giving Mike McCarthy more power. If you want to see how Green Bay ended, uh, you know, his tenure there before Mike LaFleur came in, not always the best idea. So I, I think there's a general theme of change uh, and, and how it's going to go for that uh, from that sense. But to me, Kellen Moore didn't really do anything wrong. I think you can look at his game plans and say that he ran on second down uh, a little bit more frequently than he should have, but also like establishing the run as a Mike McCarthy principle, right? If you're the offensive coordinator and this is what Kellen Moore is going to try to do now under Brandon Staley, like you kind of have to follow what your head coach wants to do, right? And so obviously Kellen Moore is going to call the offense himself and it's going to be Kellen Moore's offense, but it's also going to be Brandon Staley's offense. And Brandon Staley wants that West Coast, throw that shit down the field, right? Then you're not going to get that kind of um, cowboy scheme, right? Because Brandon Staley, and, and I'll give respect to Brandon Staley because I haven't given much respect to him recently. Um, I think that Brandon Staley could have gone in the direction of just going to the McVay tree and getting Zach Robinson and doing all that kind of stuff um, and just kind of like continuing that. But I think him going to a proven offensive coordinator, even if it's not a seamless fit with what he wants to do offensively, um, I, I do think he deserves some credit for that uh, in that sense. So uh, for me... You know, I think you can blame Kellen Moore and for some of the things that happened in Dallas. But like Stephen was saying, to scapegoat Kellen Moore and then just run it back with Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy and act like that's going to fix all your problems. Uh, no, that's just not how the blame game works in terms of calling offense. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And like I was saying earlier, I mean, by the end of that San Francisco 49ers defense, you're going to be against the best defense in the NFL with you know Noah Brown and Dalton Schultz and yeah those those players are fine and I think Dalton Schultz is a, is a really good tight end but when you don't have your explosive playmakers it makes things very difficult as we all saw the entire year this season watching the Chargers and so I think there's a lot to like with Kellen Moore in terms of 
the schematic fit. I am very curious to see what becomes of the Kellen Moore offense because, you know, obviously he's very influenced by Chris Peterson and his do- and his days from from Boise State. And there uh, was this great article by Stephen Ruiz last year of the ways that uh, Kellen Moore would use a lot of formational advantages to get guys open in space, in particular the ways that they would use like bunch sets out of empty packages and put essentially doing a lot of four by one formations in very creative ways. And, and that was kind of a, a Chris Peterson staple, but in terms of who he's been in the NFL, it's been a lot of everything, you know, it, it hasn't been like he's purely a Shanahan guy or he's purely a Peyton guy, or he's purely a Reed guy. Like they do a lot of everything. And I think that should appeal to Chargers fans because they're going to have different tools in their toolbox. Like I was talking about, you know, being adaptable and, you know, they're able to go into a game against a team like the Chargers and say, hey, we're just going to wide zone the shit out of you and we're just going to run at your weak points. And, you know, we're going to isolate Jerry Tillery and Kenneth Murray and we're going to run for 198 <laughs> yards and you're not going to be able to stop us. And, you know, they can go into a game against the Eagles and say, hey, like, you know, pre Linval Joseph and, and Dama Su, like, hey, you don't have Jordan Davis today. We're just going to run duo and we're just going to run behind Zach Martin. And, we're, and obviously the Chargers don't have Zach Martin, but. You know, they're able to be multiple and be versatile and adapt to the strengths of the opponent that they are playing. Like, that's not something that the Chargers have had previously under Joe Lombardi and, frankly, didn't have under Shane Steichen when he was offensive coordinator either. It was always like, we're going to run our stuff, and if it doesn't work, we don't have an answer for you. Like, we're just going to be stuck and we're just not going to score points barring, you know, some elite quarterback play. So it's... It's an interesting perspective because Moore is going to have essentially full autonomy of the offense. Like this is going to be in his image. He's not going to have Jerry Jones. He's not going to have Mike McCarthy, you know, breathing down his neck and saying, hey, you, we have to be a 50-50 split team and you have to feed Ezekiel Elliott the football in, instead of Tony Pollard or let Dak Cook or whatever you want to say. So from a schematic standpoint, it is going to be very interesting to see how Kellen Moore and Brandon Staley kind of put their heads together and you know mold this offense because Brandon Staley wants he came out and said like he wants you know to be kind of that Sean McVay kind of offense and while the Cowboys have the have had the ability to do that it wasn't something that they were majoring in um so I'm curious to see how kind of the the brain uh trust here melds together once you know Kellen Moore gets you know in into the swing of things going forward yeah and I'm I'm just curious what kind of power they're going to distribute to someone like Kellen Moore, who's not like a veteran, like longtime coach like Ryan Ficken, but he's been in the league long enough and had enough success over the years with one specific team for them to at least trust him, I would believe. So I'm hoping that whether it's before the season, free agency, the draft, or during the season, that they're able to distribute some power to Kellen Moore to say like, hey, do you need something like right now? Can we help you in some way? You know, can you do you need this? You need another speedy receiver or something because the special teams had power. Brandon Staley obviously had the power, never really felt like Joe Lombardi did. And that's something we talked about before they hired anybody or did any interviews. And so I'm really thinking someone like Kellen Moore can at least get more of what he wants. And I think that will be very beneficial to this offense. Yeah, I reached out. Sorry, Alex, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say really quickly, like, I I think the personnel is going to be really interesting here, too, because, I mean, if you look at what the Cowboys have done, 
they kept six receivers this year, right? Um, you know, in terms of their initial opening day roster and kept it throughout the season. Let's I know go. Tyler's praying right now. <laughs> um, it would it would be really cool if the if the Chargers can kind of emulate that and instead of doing the four wide receivers one returner thing that they've been doing for so long. Um, you know, so you can't just say that that okay, well, the running backs are Jerry's decision, and then this is you know someone else's. But like. Sure. I, I do think with how much Kellen Moore wants to utilize the vertical part of the field and get that a dot up, like, I, I just think that you're going to see, especially when we talk about adding speed to the offense, right? Because let's say the Chargers don't cut Keenan. Let's say that they keep this Keenan, Mike, you know, Josh Palmer thing going. If you're only going to have four true, true wide receivers and then maybe like a DeAndre Carter or something as your returner, it's hard to add speed because you only have one wide receiver spot left, right? If you can add two more receivers to that, or, you know, who are, you know, let's say five of which are going to be optimal on game day out of those six, like it's just such an advantage for your offense. Um, and as Pandasaurus Rex says in the chat, it's so it's sad that we're excited. We might have six receivers, but like, that's what watching this Joe Lombardi offense, like with the pieces that it has, has been. So, I mean, just updating it to be, a more, I guess, modern, like retrofitted offense um, to what Staley wants in this West Coast scheme, uh, I think just makes a lot of sense. And I, I hope that personnel wise, um, I, I hope that they don't pay a running back like $16 million. But outside <laughs> of that, I do hope that uh, just on uh, from what the Cowboys can do, I hope that the Chargers can emulate that from like a personnel standpoint in terms of how they approach um, how they approach kind of the draft, you know, team construction a little bit more in the uh, offensive way that the Cowboys have had because really um, you know you can point to the holes in the Cowboys team the offensive line hasn't been as good as it you know was historically but like ultimately that's a team that can put up like 40 points on anyone and you know so and the the point where people want to say Kellen Moore was bad is obviously the Niners playoff game and stuff like that but the whole month of December the defense regressed and that's why they lost games uh meanwhile Kellen Moore was putting up 40 points on the Eagles 34 points on the Jags and just you know having his way with teams uh so you know at the end of the day I I think that this is a a really good hire for the Chargers and I hope it makes them a more modern potent offense compared to what they have been recently Credit to, just to fill in here real quick, not that everyone wants to hear me say it, but credit to the Chargers and those in charge of hiring for probably throwing a bag at Kellen Moore and for making this what really, yeah. I guess, probably ended up being the most desirable offensive coordinator spot available. I mean, because he, he would have had his pick, I would assume, you know, outside of maybe, you know, one spot or, you know, with the Panthers, if Frank Reich already has, you know, some guys in mind, but he probably had his pick and within the span of a week, the chargers probably throw a bag at him. So, you know, kudos to the chargers for getting that done. Yeah. I mean, it, he was absolutely somebody that would have, you know, his pick of the litter. Like I think, uh, you know, we hear, we heard from quite a few people, obviously that this was the the best job, you know, non-head coaching job in the league. You know, that's when Daniel Popper came on our show last week and, and, and said that, and, and several national reporters were saying that as well. And so it's, you know, they, it's the draw of the job. Right. But somebody like Kellen Moore, like, you're not just saying like, Hey, come coach Justin Herbert. It's like, Hey, like, uh, you know, you can have full autonomy of the offense here. And also, by the way, we're going to throw you a, a nice raise as well, because he was, he was one of the higher paid offensive coordinators with the Cowboys already. And it would have been very easy for him to stick around in Dallas, keep working with the guys that he, he knows and not have to pay state taxes in, in Texas and be able to you know have that kind of stability in dallas so 
you know, this is this isn't just like the Chargers are saying, hey, like come work with Justin Herbert. Like there are other draws to the job, and I'm sure that they were able to to go out and be aggressive. And so this is this is a step forward for the Chargers, Chargers organization as well, being able to go out there and get the big fish on the market and get him to come, you know, be a, a Chargers offensive coordinator. Because I think like there's there's people who are going to be skeptical, right? But Offensive coordinator candidates who have coordinated three top 10 offenses in the last four years don't become available very often because those guys would largely get head coaching jobs or those guys largely are sticking around with their existing teams. And so this this chance to have Kellen Moore come in is a chance to really take advantage of this window that the Chargers have built in with their roster and with Justin Herbert's rookie contract and maybe salvage some of the, the past mistakes that you know joe lombardi and company and obviously brandon staley take some some fault there as well have made over the last couple of years so i don't think kenneth Ken, uh, kenneth murray i was gonna say kenneth murray <laughs> i don't think kellen moore is a perfect offensive coordinator by any means but i think if you were going to poll like league executives hey who are the top 10 play callers in the league heading into 2022 i think kellen moore would be on that list like i i genuinely believe he would and the results ha- have panned that out. And again, he's he's had to call these offenses in Dallas in a variety of different ways with a variety of different pressures, you know, built into his job. And now he's able to come in and, and build this offense in his own image, maximize Justin Herbert and be able to get him back to being the quarterback that we all know that he can be. And so uh, I'm just really excited, man. Like I needed something like this, like Alex was saying. I think Zach Robinson would have been a good hire. Like 100%, I think that would have made a lot of sense. A lot of scheme uh, overlap there. Lots of philosophical, you know, matches being made if that was the hire. But being able to get somebody who has that experience, who's been able to be successful in the league for a, for an extended amount of time. Like, this isn't just like, hey, like he's been an offensive coordinator and done it well for a year. Like, we have four years of evidence of him being a, a legitimately good offensive coordinator, legitimately good play caller. And I think people should rightfully be excited about this. Like, obviously, I, I understand the season ended in a very poor way, and people are still probably a little salty about it. But this, I think, is, is like best case scenario for the Chargers was was being able to hire Kellen Moore uh, after Frank Reich, you know, got hired mm-hmm. by the Panthers. No, I was a broken, cranky twenty-seven-year-old <laughs> fart um, when the season ended, and today I was just like. I think I'm excited again. Of course, I'm such a sucker. They, I know they're reeling us back in, man. <laughs> yeah, every time. Uh, whatever. I already paid my deposit for my season tickets. I'll be there. Um, no, I'm, I'm much more excited about. Again, like I posted today, the Game of Thrones meme, where I thought I was going to end up with one of the ugly daughters, and it turns out, like, oh my gosh, he's really attractive. Uh, Happen, but hey, I'll take it. We needed something. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Yeah, and I think kind of like Steven said, uh, this is something that makes sense for uh, Kellen Moore as well, right? Um, we yeah. talked about Frank Reich. Apparently, Kellen Moore finished second for that job to Frank Reich um, based yeah. on what the media said. And, and Kellen Moore is going to put himself in a position if he gets this offense to be top 10 and gets Justin Herbert kind of into that MVP you know, level conversation to put himself in the you know arena for head coaching jobs next year. Right. Um, I, I don't want to like fire him already next year while, you know, or promote him next year while he just got hired. But, yeah. you know, that is how the NFL works, especially with the Chargers having a defensive coordinator as head coach and Brandon Staley with Justin Herbert. 
Um, and so, yeah, I think this makes a lot of sense in the same way that, you know, Frank Reich might have, um, you know, had he not taken the Panthers job. So uh, I think for Kellen Moore, this is a golden opportunity. For the Chargers, this is a golden opportunity. Um, I'm not quite all the way back in on, like, buying Chargers hype yet uh, because, you know, the the day before we did just hear about Brandon Stanley and Justin Herbert's torn labrum. Uh, but this is ultimately a positive step uh, in the right direction in, in terms of getting the kind of offseason the Chargers want to have. Uh, although offseason champs doesn't matter doing the playoffs. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, excited to see that uh, opportunity. So I know that there were uh, a lot of comments. Obviously, Brandon Staley said this, uh, as well as Tom Telesco being able to to marry the run with the pass. Again, I do not expect this to be a 50-50 split going forward with Justin Herbert like it was in Dallas and, you know, that whole Zeke situation. Um, but, you know, the, the Cowboys have had basically, you know, a top 10 rushing offense any APA per play, DBA, all of that stuff. Three of the last four seasons, really the only season that they didn't was when Dak was injured. And so this, this is a step in the right direction in that regard as well. Um, you know, this is something that Brandon Staley talked about <clears throat> after the Chargers played the Cowboys last year and after the training camp and just how impressed he was with the way that they were able to run the football at the Chargers in those practices in that game last season. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Daniel Popper rightfully highlighted today in his article. So, um, you know, this is going to be great for Justin Herbert, but I think this is going to be equally as great for, uh, you know, the, the Chargers rushing attack and what they're going to be able to do schematically and just how multiple they're going to be able to be in, in some of the personnel changes as well. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about some potential, you know, coaching connections here in a second. But, um, like, I just wanted to point that out. Like, this is going to be this is going to be a big step in the right direction for the Chargers' run game as well, um, because you know Kellen Moore does believe in that kind of validity, validity and that power of being able to marry the run in the past. Not to the extent of fifty-fifty uh, split, like I said. Hopefully, going forward, but um, you know, I would expect some some changes in terms of the personnel, in terms of the tight end group, in terms of the running back group, because of the way that Kellen Moore wants to be able to run the football. So. Um, that should be exciting. I love watching good rushing attacks. It's, you know, as a former offensive lineman, like it's, it's absolutely a pleasure of watching football. And so, uh, I'm excited to see that part as well. Real quick, just to make sure I get it. Cause it's way back now. Michael Lopez sent in a super chat, not too familiar with the type of offense. Kellen Moore runs. Is it a West coast type of scheme? <clears throat> love the hire. I think he'll get the most out of Herbert. Yeah. So this, this kind of falls into that, uh, thing that we were talking about earlier in terms of like who like what coaching tree does he come from um i I think he's i think he's in everything you know um chris peterson had this great quote that uh they don't have a system at boise state they have plays and uh they (laughs) believed that they were able to run any kind of offense and i think that's that's kind of how uh kellen moore was was able to run his offense in dallas and be able to be multiple and run everything and so um, last year, I want to say they were top five in terms of outside zone usage, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I, I think that is something that obviously will appeal to, to Brandon Staley. So there will be a blend of a lot of different things here. Uh, and I think that's something that Brandon Staley has been trying to do with the Chargers and how he's been kind of built the coaching staff previously. So um, there's going to be a lot of West Coast stuff. There's going to be a lot of Shanahan stuff. There's going to be some Peyton stuff. There's going to be some Andy Reid RPO influences in there as well. So um Kellen Moore is going to do a lot of everything for the Chargers all right uh first of all let's talk some uh potential personnel uh adjustments that we might see and then we'll talk about some coaching connections as well 
Um, Alex, obviously, you know, we talked about <laughs> they're not going to be interested in or not going to be able to be interested in Tony Pollard or, or Dalton Schultz. Um, how do you think this hire might affect their overall kind of strategies going forward and, and maybe even a little bit in terms of like the draft? Yeah, um, I think it'll put a higher emphasis on a speed receiver for sure. Um, I don't know if that's going to be in first round or anything like that. But uh, in terms of what the Chargers, you know, kind of have laid out, I mean, you look at what Kellen Moore had in his offense, right? He had CeeDee Lamb. Uh, he had Amari Cooper there in Dallas. Uh, and obviously in terms of what the Cowboys were able to do sort of at their peak of Kellen Moore's offense, like I just think speed is such a huge part of it. Um, that doesn't mean, I mean, Kelmore can run his stuff with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but if I had to guess, you know, we, we've sort of had this debate of wide receiver or tight end, um, in round one, uh, recently amongst Chargers fans, I think this makes wide receiver a little bit more likely, um, than it does tight end, just given what Kellen Moore kind of wants, uh, out of his vertical passing game. We've obviously talked about the high a dot and, and stuff like that and, and what, Kellen Moore was able to draw up in terms of the deep shots for uh, guys like Cooper, uh, Lamb in the slot, or even Michael Gallup on the outside when he was sort of, you know, at his best um, as a player as well. So uh, I think that kind of does point to wide receiver as far as running back. I think that this probably is a, going to result in the Chargers getting a true RB2. Um, I don't think that they really had one. They've tried to sort of make Joshua Kelly one. Right. Um, and, you know, I think Josh Kelly for what he did was good. But at the same time, like, I don't you're not going to get like a Zeke Pollard kind of split like Dallas had in the backfield this year, combined with, you know, how they use Pollard in the passing game as well. But I do think they legitimately want someone to take off, uh, take the load off of Eckler um, just because of what he's been carrying these last few years um, and sort of reaching you know, uh, I guess he is getting a little bit older. Uh, and so I think Kellen Moore's offense will kind of open up opportunities for other players. Um, don't trust Telesco to draft another running back, but I don't know if this puts them into contention and one potentially maybe in free agency or something like that. I don't think it will be a Tony Pollard player. Obviously the chargers are $20 million over the salary cap, but I think they will try to find someone who's a true complement to Austin Eckler. If it's not uh, Joshua Kelly or, you know, maybe Isaiah Spiller, develops under Kellen Moore um there's some optimism for you based on how Isaiah Spiller's rookie season went this year um but mm -hmm. I think that they're just kind of going to get faster uh more sharper at the skill positions and then I think tight end is important right uh, we obviously saw Dalton Schultz the last month of the season really break out in Dallas um and if you can kind of get really good production out of your tight end spot whether that's Gerald Everett or a guy that you go get in the draft um, I think that that would just make this offense so much better. So that is kind of a roundabout way of saying like everything will be better on offense. But at the same time, I think how with how Kellen Moore, you know, utilizes his running backs and wide receivers, there is probably a bit more of a pressing need now with hiring him as opposed to like Zach Robinson or some of these other guys uh, of running the offense he wants to run as opposed to maybe, you know, maybe you could kind of merge like a, saints lombardi type scheme with what the rams did if you did hire zach robinson and sort of like transition in that way but to go from what lombardi wants to do to what kellen moore wants to do on the other side of the spectrum uh i do think that they need to add um some speed to this offense pretty quick yeah they need to add all over for what it's worth although this isn't really a kellen moore thing as much as just a i'll bring it up thing 
Um, Arjun just posted a graphic of, you know, the average 40 yard dash times for every wide receiver room. The Chargers were fifth slowest. The Cowboys were actually seventh slowest. They weren't that far off. Not that that means anything. Obviously, that means you should draft some speed. So I would expect that to happen this year and sort of know some things to put in the article. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I definitely think that's that's on the way. Uh, to me, this really points to a tight end, honestly. Um, one, because I know the team isn't super thrilled with their tight end room. And two, because like there's kind of this tradition with the Dallas Cowboys and tight ends with, you know, I mean, you can go back to like, Jason Witten, but also uh, Blake Jarwin or um, Dalton Schultz, now Jake Ferguson. Like now, those guys I believe weren't first round picks. I know Schultz and, and uh, Ferguson weren't, but I, I do feel like a Michael Mayer is kind of in play here at 21 now yeah. if he gets there. And it's certainly no coincidence that someone like Dane Brugler, Daniel Jeremiah are sending you know tight ends to the Chargers in their mock draft. So I think that's possible. Um, they don't have the numbers up for this past year. I'm sure Arjun would have it, but in 2021, the, the Cowboys ran almost uh, 310 plays, I think it was, um, out of 12 or 13 personnel. So they're they're going to have an emphasis on tight ends, um, whether that's you know Darnell Washington in the second or something, some guy in the fourth round to develop after Everett, or just going out and getting your you know Mayor Kincaid or something in round one. I, I do think that there's if there wasn't already a need for a tight end before because of what we expected for the Chargers to do this year. I really think someone like Kellen Moore is going to go get um, another tight end at some point early in the draft. Yeah. In terms of the wide receivers, I I don't think that like, I, I don't think they'd be opposed to taking like a Jalen Hyatt, you know, or like a Marvin Mims who are like these, you know, you know, kind of vertical field stretchers. I think that would obviously help things make things easier. Um, but if you look at like the, the types of receivers that they've had, in Dallas, I mean, like to me, I look at somebody like a Cedric Wilson, who you know, I think he ran like I think he was like a low, like a high four four, low four fives kind of player, but he's a legitimate like yards after catch threat. Like he was, mm-hmm. I think it was like seventh in the league in yards uh, after catch per reception last year in uh, 2021. I mean, he was averaging uh, <laughs> basically seven yards after the catch in 2020 and six and a half in 2021. And I think that is something that the Chargers would be able to find, uh, you know, in this draft, whether that be in the first round or second round, I could think, you know, somebody who can be that backside Z receiver and take a slant, you know, 10 extra yards or something like that. So I think that is something that they're missing. You know, they have their version of Michael Gallup and Mike Williams, you know, somebody that can go up and get those contested catches, work that kind of vertical uh, stretch, uh, aspect of the offense they have their version of Amari Cooper and Keenan Allen we'll see obviously if he's on the team or not you know going forward I would expect him to be with this kind of move um but they're they're missing kind of those those yards after catch threats right now obviously that's not Josh Palmer's game very much either so um maybe that makes somebody like a Zay Flowers uh, possibility at 21 I haven't watched him yet it's not it's probably not going to be my kind of receiver given his uh, size uh, detriments, but we'll see what happens there. Um, but I, I do think we'll see heavy on the offense in the draft with the first, you know, two or three picks, you know, because of this kind of move. Like you're, you're not going out and getting Kellen Moore and saying, Hey, like as much as I would like an edge rusher at 21 and those two guys are going to be on, on top of my list. Like you're not going after a Kellen Moore if, if you're planning on going defense in the draft or something like that. So, I would I would lean tight end receiver in the first round. 
whatever doesn't get picked in the second round, that's probably going to be the, the, the case there. And then we'll see what happens. Um, running back is really the interesting one because it's like, we know that Tom Telesco doesn't like to part from his draft picks. And, you know, I think you can make a legitimate argument that more of the lack of, of rushing production for the chargers is due to the, the poor scheme due to the lack of cohesion up front due to the lack of, you know, true investment in terms of time on task from Joe Lombardi. And so I, I, I am curious to see if maybe they bring in somebody like a Skip Pete who has 20 years of experience. Maybe he looks at Isaiah Spiller, who he got to watch every single Saturday in Texas at Texas A&M and says, hey, I can work with this guy. I can really, you know, make him uh, be a viable RB2. Maybe Joshua Kelly can kind of be the placeholder there. So that really is is going to be the interesting thing from a personnel standpoint is what do they do at running back? Because Tom Telesco, we all know, like he's not going to want to put them in a situation where Isaiah Spiller is not getting reps. Like he's going to want Isaiah Spiller to get on the field. So um, that is going to be interesting. But I think the receiver room is going to look very different next year. Yeah. Um, I, I Well, I did want to push back on the wide receiver speed thing because if you look at the Cowboys this year, right, they're the seventh slowest per that graph that Arjun said. But that does come with the fact that they dumped Amari Cooper for salary, which, I mean, obviously reduced their speed. Michael sure. Gallup coming off of an ACL in his return. Um, and then kind of having to feed, you know, uh, like Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson and, like, these guys that aren't, like, naturally, like, super fast, right? So, you know, I think that that kind of comes with an asterisk because when that Kellen Moore offense was at its peak, right, you did kind of have, um, you know, Amari Cooper in those, like, peak years, I would say, like, 2019 2020 when like the cowboys were sort of on top of the world in that respect so yeah i, I do think they would want to have speed in the wide receiver room i think a tight end and developing one is very important um and then yeah as far as the running back situation it'll be interesting to see i guess how much they want to ride austin eckler uh out for you know an entire season versus how much there is really like a, a premium on potentially getting an rb2 and and really what their methods towards getting an rb2 are because there's not a lot in free agency unless you want to overpay for a tony pollard which we know is impossible for at this point for the chargers um but i'll be curious to see if there's any kind of like draft moves or like some you know deep guy in free agency maybe they can get um, to sort of bolster the running back room relative to what it is now. Yeah, that one is that one's so fascinating to me because you, outside of Austin Eckler, who you got to be ready for that drop off to hit, and we almost saw that for mm-hmm. a moment this year. Like, but like, what do you do with the other guys? Like Joshua Kelly could be the RB two, wasn't stable. Isaiah Spiller was drafted to be one, and I, I think every time I see him on the field, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be but something in practice or, or whatever with Lombardi, I don't know. Um, you know, things aren't working out and obviously not, not Larry Roundtree. So it's tough because you've made the investments, but nothing's paying off. So do you continue almost like a sunk cost, you know, just trying to keep investing into this running back room at the very least, I do think they at least have the guy, the coordinator, the schemer, and hopefully the run game coordinator or running backs coach or whatever to make it work. Um, honestly though, I don't think B. John Robinson's in play. I think it's really no. just a you go with Spiller, you go with Kelly, you find another fourth guy, and that's kind of how they roll. That's what I think. Yeah, I think we could see them maybe draft a running back early in 2024, early by their standards. Like, I think maybe if you're sitting there in the second round and like a Zach Charbonnet from UCLA is like kind of staring you in the face, maybe you take that chance. But 
Like, I, I think you have the chance at 21 to get a premium receiver. And, and this draft isn't necessarily loaded in terms of the wide receiver ability. So maybe you get the second receiver off the board at 21, which is never the case in the NFL draft these days. And maybe that is somebody that you view as a premium player. So I think there's a chance there. But running back early, I can't really see it, like I said, unless it's just somebody who they think is like truly an, a, a top tier prospect in the second round or third round or something like that. But I, I think that they'll look at bringing in Kellen Moore and you know bringing in a legitimate run game coordinator and really placing a proper emphasis on the run game and say, hey, this is good enough for now. Next year we'll we'll adjust we'll address like the actual players. But for now, let's fix the scheme. Let's fix the let's you know fix the time on task. Let's let's get in you know more experienced coaches here. And you know, see what we can work with, with Isaiah Spiller, Joshua Kelly, and Austin Eckler, because it's it's a talented room. It's just you know, like Tyler is saying, it hasn't necessarily panned out that way. So I uh, wanted to uh, address Joseph here with his uh, super chat. I feel like we kind of addressed this. I'd be pretty surprised if they take defense in the first round, um, knowing that they hired Kellen Moore. I think if you're talking about a Zach Robinson, maybe you can still figure out a way to get an edge rusher. I would uh, definitely not taking a safety in Brian Banch, in my opinion, from Alabama. Um, and then there was another super chat here as well. And I just will thank you. <laughs> uh, Michael Hodges says, hey, guys, love listening to your chats. This is too early to talk about. But do you guys think we finally see a two quarterbacks on the roster now that Lombardi is gone? Uh, just throwing this out there. Cooper Rush is a free agent. Cooper Rush expensive. You think he's going to be expensive? He's been a practice squad guy for like 10 years. And then he won some games. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, there is a thing in the NFL where I think if you just have a backup who wins like a couple games, then like they sort of at least get the chance to probably like be a QB2 in like a quarterback competition the next year. So I would be surprised if someone brings in Cooper Rush to do that. Uh, for what it's worth in Dallas, they always ran with three usually um Ooh. thinking in like <laughs> yeah i know yeah because uh, in 2020 in- they had they had andy dalton and ben yeah. dinucci after behind dak yeah dalton ben dinucci uh gilbert grape i mean garrett gilbert uh yep. there's that one uh so the, they've had a lot of quarterbacks kind of uh, <laughs> running through there and starting games and during covid times and during yeah when dak was injured for sure um yeah I don't know if it changes a whole lot. I think it could change definitely who the backup is. I mean, yeah, we saw mm-hmm. that Chase Daniel was like kind of in this quarterback room, like for that specific reason. I don't know if he'll be back this year with a new, you know, OC because I do think a lot of OCs do like to kind of like pick their backup quarterback just to have a guy in the room who like does that. We saw that with Frank Reich and, and Nick Foles in Indianapolis. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Callum Moore kind of wants to do uh, a similar thing. Easton Sticks' contract is expired. I wouldn't be surprised if if the chargers wanted to go three quarterbacks get sort of a new veteran in like that daniel role um and then maybe draft you know i I wouldn't be surprised if we got like a sixth or seventh round quarterback pick this year that's just like a cheap four-year contract and they can just kind of plug into the quarterback room in that sense yeah i think that's uh that's fine there um bolt brett wanted to shout him out he did uh obviously a, a great uh photo swap today so he said, I don't know why, but it feels like Moore and Herbert could be roommates in a sitcom or something. Um, they did do a commercial together for some kind of like auto company in Idaho and Oregon. Um, Leighton Vanderesh is also in that commercial. 
So I guess we have some uh, on-camera experience between uh, Justin Herbert and uh, Kellen Moore there. It's natural chemistry. Um, all right. Briefly, I did want to talk about some potential, uh, some potential coaching additions here. Obviously they still have to hire quarterbacks coach. Mm-hmm. I assume that they want that to be also another, uh, passing game coordinator. To me, it makes a lot of sense to bring Gerard Johnson in yeah. from the Minnesota Vikings. You know, he's been around Kevin O'Connell. He's been around Kyle Shanahan and he was actually with Kellen Moore in Dallas in 2016 in the same quarterback room before, Kellen transitioned to becoming a, a quarterbacks coach in 2017. So there's a lot of connections there. The Chargers have already interviewed him. They already know what he's about. I think that having two former NFL quarterbacks being around Justin Herbert, I think would makes makes a ton of sense to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think you could also start grooming Gerard Johnson to be a future coordinator at that point as well. So um, he is somebody that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I The Cowboys also released – uh, their quarterbacks coach, Doug, I forget his last name. Um, he's an older gentleman, I believe. So um, there is obviously that connection as well. Uh, I'll throw out Scott Tolzien, the uh, quarterbacks or the coaching assistant to the Cowboys right now, who in 2011 signed with the Chargers as an undrafted free agent. There we go. Connections. Mm. <laughs> Uh, Alex, anybody you wanted to bring up in terms of uh, potential coaching and hires here? Yeah, well, I mean, I think Gerard Johnson makes a lot of sense if they want to go that way in the quarterback uh, room. There's connections to Kellen Moore. There's connections to, obviously, the Chargers. And it just felt like when the Chargers made that interview, he wasn't interviewing for the OC job as much as he was interviewing potentially to be a quarterback's coach or somebody who was on the staff. And, you know, you establish that pipeline. If Kellen Moore has a great year, he goes off somewhere else. You can bring in Gerard Johnson as your, you know, QB coach to OC in 2024, right? You can kind of, you know, establish that pipeline. And that's really, I think, what the Chargers kind of need to build here, um, especially, yeah. you know, having an OC that is like Kellen Moore, who's going to be in consideration, I think, for head coaching jobs in the future. Um, so, you know, whichever guy they get, I think, will be important in that respect. But I think you sort of go with what Kellen Moore wants, right? Um, if he doesn't want Gerard Johnson and wants somebody else, you give him somebody else too, potentially from the Cowboys. Um, you know, Tyler mentioned Scott Tolzien. We'll we'll see if there are any other names that kind of float around the QB uh, coaching jobs. But uh, just in general, I think you're looking for a guy that can you know continue to work on Herbert's mechanics and stuff too. But I do think the QB coach thing is definitely more about the potential connections. Yeah, absolutely. I also I do want to see him bring in at least one of Skip Pete or Joe Philbin. Uh, the two guys who have really kind of headed up the rushing attack in Dallas. Obviously, Joe Philbin has been around uh, the mm-hmm. NFL for a very long time as an offensive coordinator, offensive line coach. Um, you know, they've he's did a fantastic job this past year. I mean, like talk about some resume builders in terms of turning Terrence Steele into a uh, you know above average tackle. Uh, I wasn't super high on Tyler Smith coming out of the league, and you know they were they turned him into their version of Jamari Sawyer who could eventually who could essentially play guard or tackle and be good at both spots. They brought um, Jason Peters out of retirement and was able to do a really good job in that regard. So um, one of those two, I would really like to see come into the Chargers and be able to, to really bring that, that run game flavor and, and that proper uh, emphasis on the run game. So I think both of those, one of those guys, if not both, I'll take both. Obviously uh, I think they're fantastic coaches, but, uh, one of those two I would really like to see Kellen Moore bring with him uh, from Dallas. Yep, I agree. 
All right, we have uh, another super sticker, as always, from uh, Tyler's mom, Miss Andrea Shun. Appreciate that, as always. Um, so I think that's a good spot to uh, end our show tonight. Um, Alex, any final thoughts before we head out? Nope, no final thoughts. Uh, Kellen Moore, great slam dunk hire by the Chargers. Hopefully he leads them uh, you know, to the promised land in 2024, a different time. Uh, but I am the only thing that stands between you and Patrick Mahomes winning another Super Bowl with the Chiefs. <laughs> so I'd like to invite you onto the bandwagon and root for the Eagles in the Super Bowl. You know, that's that's really my pitch here. So uh, join me. I know you think it's obnoxious on the show, but this is the one time where you need to root for the Eagles. So uh, <laughs> go birds. Yeah, go birds. It's, uh, you know, it's an easy thing for me. They have a bunch of Utah connections. I mean, obviously they have Kaiser White, who... Uh, as your you wife and Linval Joseph as well. So Steichen. Shane Steichen. There you go. Uh, Tyler, any uh, final thoughts before we head out? Thanks for reminding me of Kaiser White. My night is uh, a lot worse now. <laughs> well, Sorry. look, I mean, we we can take the victory lap. We were right on Kaiser White. And so, you know, it didn't turn into wins for the Chargers, but we were right on Kaiser White. Yes. Great. <laughs> 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 that was very true. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we were planning on doing a, a show on Wednesday to talk about a lot of the offseason offensive coordinator news. So uh, we'll see what happens there. We'll let you guys know in terms of our uh, upcoming schedule and our next show. But uh, we'll be back into the swing of things, talking about all the offseason needs, free agency, draft coverage uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks, and you know into April and, and all of the summer months as well. So stay tuned for all of that. Got a lot, a lot of fun things planned for you guys. So that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate you guys, as always. We'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.